Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from scripture will inspire and encourage you. In this episode, we discuss the different practices for scriptural engagement. We're all different people, and the best way to discover the treasures of the Bible is to know yourself and figure out what works best for you. There's no one right way, and every time we engage with scripture, even if it's done imperfectly, there is value to be gained. We close this series by sharing which practices work best for each of us at Yellow Balloons and inviting you to share what works best for you. For someone who wanted to study the Bible, where would you suggest they start? I have two questions to that. I mean, sorry, two, two comments. Where to start, where not to start. Great. So where not to start is don't start from what works for somebody else. And I think there's a lot of people that stand up and say, this is how to be spiritual. And they tell you what works for them, or worse, the obligation that they're under. (laughs) And they're trying to move that obligation onto you. And that is, that's, that's, it, it can be unintentionally damaging or inten- intentional, whichever it is. It's just not good. Everybody's different, okay? So, so that's what not to do. What to do is start with self-examination, like what, what works for me? What, how do I learn best? What kind of a learner am I? Okay, so some people learn best by listening. Some people learn best by reading. I learn best by interacting. And so I, I've found that the thing that works best for me is finding ways to interact. And the thing I learned the most about the Bible is just getting a group together and just relentlessly asking questions about what does this mean. And the, and the more I could ask, the more I could find that it was unsatisfactory answers the more I would ask, but but it says this and not that. How do you explain that? And just that process of interactively discovering with other people was what what uh, helped me the most. And what I did is binged because I would go like for a whole day just going through something with people. And I found that if you're immersed in something, I, I would learn the most. But you can't do that all the time. So uh, for me, I'm a random person. So I would say know yourself is a key thing. So Annabelle, you're a very structured person, right? Yes. You, you follow a task list and a daily schedule. Correct. There's a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not that way at all. And I think most people that get like advanced degrees and end up in the pulpit are that way, mm-hmm. like you are. So for those of us like Joey and I who are more free-spirited, I think I grew up under a lot of kind of guilt because I didn't get up at four in the morning and, you know, read three chapters and pray for a certain period of time and whatever because I wasn't spiritual. You know, I hate getting up in the morning. I can't pay attention for very long. So I found this kind of discovery approach is really what unlocked the door for me, cause, but that's me. So what, what, what has worked for you? And yeah. what has not worked. Yes. So um, because I'm very task-oriented, it's hard for me to know where to start sometimes because 
I want to know what I should do so that I can get it done, kind of. So something that I found really helpful has been taking classes. My church has something called discipleship classes that meet once a week um, where you're assigned a certain reading to do, and then you go to the class and you talk about it. So I found that to be really helpful because it kind of does a little bit what you were talking about. It includes the interaction portion where I'm challenged to look at things in different ways, um, and I really enjoy being able to see what other people have to say about the passage and how they interpret it or having someone who knows more about it to kind of fill in the gaps of my understanding. But I also really like it because it's once a week, so I know when it's going to happen, and I have an assigned reading or something that I have to read to prepare for the class. So it gives me structure throughout the week that I can fit that reading into my schedule. And I like the consistency of it because something that I really benefit from is having other people around me to help hold me accountable too. So, you know, you're in the class with people. If you don't show up, it changes the structure of the class. So I really like the uh, motivation behind being in a class with people to discuss something. Uh, It's a structure that you can commit to that gives you a routine and so forth. So in in part of my development, what you're saying here rings a bell. Uh, There was a, there's a community Bible study is a, is a national program and I joined it fairly early on and it's like a weekly study and that their format is you read the you read the scripture and then you answer questions and they're mostly what does it say questions and that was a key development for me to be in a process where I'm actually asking what does it or answering what does it say type questions and then discussing it with other people yeah so I actually that was actually a key part of my formation mm-hmm. too is is attending classes yeah for me the signing up for the class the schedule is more of a a, a necessary evil because mm-hmm. I don't like schedules but I got to go and talk to people I'm an extrovert you know so and I love discussing things so it was a reward I, if I did the work I would be rewarded by being prepared to get to talk to people. Yeah. It's and, a motivator in different ways for different people. Yeah, different ways for different people. That's yeah. really good. How about you, Joey? Well, yeah, I'm I'm the kind of person that actively resists routines <laughs> and schedules. They make me feel trapped. When I was in high school, part of that obligation phase, I just committed to six, I think it was six months of... I read exactly two chapters uh, from the Bible. I read uh, the devotional for the day from two different devotion books, and I listened to like, I think it was like 15 minutes of Christian music. Just that, I was like, just rigid thing every day. And I was miserable. I didn't, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> and I didn't retain much of it. Uh, for, some, for some people, that would work really great. But for me, I uh, just felt so disengaged and uninterested that it was a waste of, not a waste of time, but it wasn't optimal for me. Um, I, part of that is I like thinking about ideas and I like contemplation and uh, sort of this internal processing feature. So what I found was most important for me with scripture is memorizing it. Um, because I have so many ideas that fly through my brain when I, in, a, in any given day when I sit down and read through Scripture. Even if something's really great, it can sometimes be another flash of an idea. 
So memorizing helps me to really slow down and think about uh, the the words and the context that's being said. So I've I've memorized large chunks of scripture, uh, the entire book of Ephesians, for example. Um, but it I, one of the things that was key for me was to give myself permission to be in one place like that for for a long time, to really invest in Ephesians and not feel like well, there's so much other Bible that I'm not reading today. <laughs> um, and I tried to do some of those Bible reading plans where you, you know, read the whole Bible in, in a year, in a few months, and uh, and, and I, I had a hard time with those as well just because, again, it, it was too routine-based. I felt like uh, I was checking it off just for the sake of checking it off. And but not it might be great retaining. for some. I mean, it's obviously great for some yeah. people. I, I have a friend that it was life-changing for him to go through the Bible in a year. He read the chronological, uh, where they reorient the Bible to make it chronological instead mm-hmm. of the sequence that it's in. It, exactly. it helped him make sense of things, which is great. It's great. I mean, what works for you is what we're trying to figure out, right? Yeah, and I've even, like, I, I love variety, too. I, in my given day for work, I need to, like, work on one thing for an hour and then take a break and then kind of work on it. So I work in these, like, little sprints. So another thing I found is that, you know, we live in New York City, so I'll, my train commute in the morning on the subway I'll work on memorizing wherever, you know, if I'm in Ephesians, I'll work on memorizing Ephesians verses. But then at the end of the day, I'll, uh, for a particular season, I'll read through Acts. And so I'm not memorizing it, but I'm reading through it. And I'll maybe read through Acts over the course of a couple of weeks and then just go back and week like three or four, read through Acts again and just do that. So it give myself a variety of ways to consume it, because it's not just different methods work for different people, but there's different values and all of these different things. And so a big part for me was just trying to kind of explore different options and figure out what didn't work for me and figure out the beauty in all of the options, um, but to also kind of settle into something that that was sustainable and recognize that that uh, I'm a unique person and that I can, I can and should bring that into my approach of studying. That's, you know, you're, you're saying about memorization. I went I went through a phase of that and kind of got enough anchors where I was happy and kind of moved on from that phase. But it's still a big anchor for me today. One of and, the and I and I've kind of forgotten that. One of the things, like I said, I've I've memorized the entire book of Ephesians. One of the things that has been incredible about that is if I go into a sermon to hear a sermon on Sunday morning and. Uh, the preacher's preaching out of Ecclesia or uh, out of Ephesians. There's a I have a different feel. I'm I, I feel like whoa. I'm excited in this in the way you get excited when you see a friend that you know mm-hmm. that you recognize that you are well acquainted with, uh, and that that has been really transformational to me. But and I you know I don't want I don't want to try to memorize all of Scripture, but I think to have some of those anchors of uh, of feeling like. You know, here's some things that that I know. The Bible talks about Scripture being written on your heart, and I think of Ephesians when I think of that. I've, you know, uh, I've got the the whole thing uh, just has become part of my uh, part of my brain space, and 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 there's something really beautiful about that. But again, it's not the only thing I do, and and um, and I think that there's value in a variety of approaches. No, another thing that I've done that's made a really big impact on me is um, standing on the shoulders of others. It's like you get 
a, a book of the Bible and, you know, what in the world is this about? You don't have to figure that out for yourself. You know, go, go look for people that have delved into that. That's what we're trying to do with this is, is give you some shoulders to stand on. And, you know, go, go find, and there's, got, there's lots of help out there. Some of it helpful, some of it not, but f- find the part that is. Uh, there was a there was a particular book that uh, just made a giant impact on me. It was the one that kind of helped me see that you need to see words in context and stop using them as technical terms. That was such, such an enormous breakthrough for me because I had gotten stuck at into into taking the Bible like it was a theological treatise when it was a you know interaction between people and. It helped me really get into the story and see what was really happening. That was the door I went through that helped me see the Bible as a story. And, um, you know, I think standing on the shoulders of others. And another thing I've done as I've kind of gotten more proficient in Scripture is I started committing to teach different things. And always the best way to learn something is to teach it. And I started with very small groups, sometimes kids or or uh, young couples or something like that. And just, I've, I found that I, I benefit from that tremendously in committing to teach to something. I've been doing that for a really long time. Do you do, you do some of that? Do you do it like lead groups or something? Or When I was in high school, I taught Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And I taught, they were th- like three or three, four, five. Yeah. And something that was really beneficial to me, even as a high schooler, um, was to simplify a lot of the stories down to their core message and to see how children interacted with them and like three or four-year-olds how they saw it in their own lives and the way that they see the truth was really impactful to me because it caused me to look at it in a completely different way that is you know my perception as a when I was in high school at the time was a little bit more skewed than somebody who's four you know, looking at something. And we have different experiences that impact that. But it was really interesting and really revealed a lot of different truths, even from learning. Like, you are the teacher, but you also learn from, you know, the people that you're teaching, how they see it and their perspective on it. Yeah, and that's a great point. It's never, really never too early to start. Yeah. As long as you, teaching I'm talking about, as long as you understand that you're a learner. So just be have humility about, what you know and what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really important. I did youth ministry for a number of years, and I felt a lot of times this huge pressure to prepare a Bible study where I had all the answers and told the kids everything that was right and good that they should think. And one of the things that would happen inevitably is within the first couple of minutes, some eighth grader would raise their hand and ask a question or say something that they had observed in the text that I had missed. And it humbled me (laughs) and really changed the way that I approach teaching, where like I'm going to find some things to to help bring some background to this maybe and to help guide. But what really changed the way I taught was what Tim's talking about of looking through and prepare teaching in terms of what are the questions to be asked here? Mm-hmm. Uh, because as we're saying, uh, you know, students, other members of like a community group or a team that you're with, uh, they're going to bring to light things that you're not going to, not going to see in there or not going to see in this particular iteration of you looking through it. And 
Um, so there's some real value in coming to it with humility, which is, I think, one of the common threads we're seeing between the three of us is community and, and how, how much that can add value to what you're looking into. You know, one, one, of the, one of the things you can do as a learner is always ask the question, what's a better question? And maybe a better question than what are different ways to study the Bible is, how can you create structures or choose structures that turn studying the Bible into discovery, an exciting path of discovery? And that, that's sort of what we're answering here. We, we, we shifted from how do you study the Bible to what has put me on a path of discovery. And that might, be a, that might actually be a better question. How about you, Kylie? You're, you're like Miss Tangible. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people like that probably listening as well. Or maybe not. Maybe they don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing their um, dishes while they're listening. Yeah. yeah, I am not one to sit still for very long. I like to produce things. And I, um, I guess I have a challenge mentally of thinking that sitting and studying and reading is producing a tangible thing. Uh, and maybe that just needs – I need to – have a perspective shift in that, but I am incredibly sensory. And so it's not just about reading. It's about how does it taste and how does it smell and can I touch it and like what does it feel like and look like. And so um, one of the things that I've actually discovered uh, not that long ago is there's this app where they do uh, like a recorded version of the entire Bible being read through, but they have different voices for every character. And so Mm -hmm. God has a different voice than Peter, than Mm -hmm. Paul, than Mm -hmm. Abraham. And they have background noises too. So you might hear like a little goat bell Mm -hmm. going on in the back or Mm -hmm. wind like blowing really strongly. And uh, those things help me, they help to engage my other senses in a way that actually can place me into the story and I can sort of see more what is actually going on. It makes it a little bit more alive for me. Well, for you, you would probably want to do that while you're uh, doing a puzzle or something or doing something with your hands or walking or painting or something. Or reading it while I'm listening to it because I think that that even more, like I'm engaging not only my visual, mm-hmm. like my sight, mm-hmm. but I'm engaging sound and my imagination starts to really take hold. Yeah. Um, for me personally, if I'm doing something else while I'm listening to it, if it's something else that is interactive and I'm producing, my mind will be on that instead uh, of on the okay. audio. Okay. And so I sort of like need to engage multiple senses in the same thing okay. in order to really um, take in what I am reading and hearing. Uh, and then after that, I am a verbal processor. And so I am not contemplative like Joey, where I'll just sit and think about all of these ideas. But instead, I like really need to get out my thoughts through my words to figure out if what I think is right or true or real. And a lot of that comes from engaging others. Um, Joe and I will sit and I'll just like verbally process things and then ask him what his thoughts are on that so that I can hear back whether or not I am 
you know, on the right track or not on the right track. Uh, and so I really engage community a lot in just sort of like trying to figure out what my thoughts are mm-hmm. and then sifting through whether or not that is right and true or if it isn't. So that's a little bit my So the important thing you're saying that you've, you've set up a structure of making sure you have people around you that allow discovery. Yes. And we t- tend to come out of situations where you have to have the right answer and rather than allowing for discovery. And, and so if, if we grew up in church, and um, I think that's an important structure because we're all on a path of discovery. I mean, none of us are God. So kind of by definition, we, there's way more to know than what we know. Yeah, something that Joey said earlier was talking about when you were a youth pastor and you had somebody, a student that would ask a question and you were like, I wasn't going to talk about that or whatever it was. And something for me that's been really beneficial is when I have a teacher or someone, a mentor, and they say, actually, I don't know the answer to that or I'm still wrestling with that or struggling with that. And I think that as we become teachers or in conversation with each other, I think that's a really important thing to remember, too, is that it's okay to admit that we might not have the answer or might not know the answer or are still working on discovering what the truth is about it. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about stories like Star Wars or the Chronicles of Narnia. You get uh, people have these debates about which order to read, like the Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. let's say. Do you read them in publication order? Or do you read them in kind of chronological order? And and, you know, there's not necessarily a right answer, uh, but I think what that speaks to is just, like, how different people can be. And so when—and even listening to that discussion about should we read Narnia in this order or that order helps us to understand and engage and be interested in the story a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, what is the story? What is it telling? And, and you know, I think the hardest obstacle for me— with the Bible is just starting, just trying something. Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt like if I try something and it's not perfect, then I, I'm i totally, I've got to throw it all away. Um, but we're all different, and there's so much beauty in Scripture, and, and there's so many different ways that we can engage with it. And I, I think to answer the original question, you start by starting. You know, you just put one foot in front of the other and, and, uh, and see what happens. It's impossible to do to engage with the Bible and it not be constructive. Even if you do it poorly, it's still tremendously beneficial. So figure out who you are, where you're at. So we've talked, I started with the immersion was a big breakthrough for me of spending a long time talking to people about and mainly focusing on questions. But I had forgotten how much of an impact the classes made on me and I actually took a bunch of seminary classes after that. I, ought, I didn't want to do all the homework, so I just <laughs> audited them. Um, and because I really respected the guy that was teaching them, and I thought I could stand on his shoulders. Um, and uh, I've done the memory stuff, and I'm not in that phase now, but that was really important to me at a time. You go through seasons. You go through different seasons, and as your uh, familiarity and Maybe the time that you have changes. Uh, you know, different things might have different application. If you've got a bunch of little kids running around your feet, you know, it's going to be 
you might want to focus more on the kids' Bible story <laughs> type things. <laughs> if you're um, if you're doing a lot of traveling, you know, it's maybe something else. What I wish someone had told me when I was maybe in high school or in college is, uh, I'm thinking of the word permission, like just that there's no one right way to do this. There are a myriad of ways, and they're all valuable. And so chase the rabbit trails if that's what you need to do. Um, find sensory ways if, if that's what you need to do. Spend. I had a youth pastor who's, I don't know what else he did. I'm sure this wasn't his only engagement in Scripture, but he picked one verse for the year, like just one verse, and studied it and went into it and looked at the context and so I, I wish someone had maybe spoken that to me, just giving me permission to explore and discover and find this out rather than feeling like there is some standard that I have to meet and then perpetuating that guilt uh, epidemic that we were talking about uh, a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, you know, I, I, another thing somebody said to me once that really resonated is it's way better to know a little and do that than it is to spend your time learning a lot and not doing any of it. So the key is the Scripture in us flowing out. That's the key. And so that that's what you're after. You're after transformation. So you can play this hero character. You, you can play your character heroically rather than waste the opportunity. That's, that's really what we're talking about. So. If you, any of our listeners, have any different ways that you study the Bible or learn from Scripture, we would absolutely love to hear about it. You can either email us at contact at yellowballoons.net or you can share it on our Facebook page, which, just, which is just a community of people who are coming together because they want to discover perspective and truth. Um, and some of the ways that you connect with scripture might actually be really, really helpful to somebody else within our community. So we would just absolutely appreciate it if you would engage and share some of the things that you do. Thanks for listening to our series, Simple Tools to Get the Most Out of Scripture. For more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, please visit our website at yellowballoons.net. Any study resources that were mentioned within this series can also be found there under the Bible Study Resources tab on our main menu. If you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net.